Tales of a Chicana Woman, the podcast about life experiences and adulting. Advice, tips, and insight to help you along your way. Here's your host, Emily Z. Hey, what's up? For today's episode, it is a really interesting one and one that I am really excited to share with you because it is self-care yes self-care is really important and i didn't realize the importance of it until uh you know in recent years because i myself wasn't doing too well because of college life and work it all kind of just overwhelmed me but i brought in a special guest that will give you some helpful insight and advice on ways to self-care meaning uh discovering what works for you in regards to self-care, learning just about self-care in general and the purpose of it, and uh, ways that you can fit self-care things into your life and incorporate it so that, you know, you are happy, healthy, and well. And I brought my special guest in for today. She is Cassie Butcher, a self-care coach. Yes, thank you for having me. First and foremost, I'm so excited that you reached out. My name is Cassie. I am the founder of my own wellness brand called Cassie's Care, where I help women find the courage to practice self-care while building their self-confidence. And I do that through wellness retreats, my group coaching programs, self-love workshops, and webinars. Um, So I've really just been passionate. I am passionate about self-care, self-acceptance self-love, and self-confidence. Yes, I am here for all of that. Um, Can you explain what self-care is? Ooh, okay, so this is really good because I actually always ask people what they, how they define it. And so because what I've learned through my business is that everyone defines self-care differently. So if you want textbook definition, it's the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Or, you know, just like that practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during like times of stress. And so for me, self-care really is learning to um, learning how to understand myself and show up for myself uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even financially. So for me, self-care sometimes looks like putting my phone on do not disturb or other times it looks like, you know, acknowledging whatever emotion that I have and allowing it to be instead of trying to suppress it and being like, oh, no, I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be sad. Go away. It's no, Cassie, like, let's dig into why you feel this way and let's process this. So it's really for me, self-care is taking the time to understand my wants and needs and learning how to to support them and show up for me in that time when I need my own self-support. Gotcha. Are there different types of self-care? And if so, can you elaborate on that? Oh my gosh, there's so many different types of self-care. And, you know, people always ask me, and I always tell people like self-care is customized for sure. And so there's different ways that I am when it comes to, as far as like my mindset, like, um, like, um, for example, when it comes to my mind, I'm an overthinker. And so I used to beat myself up about that. And so now instead of beating myself up about that, like I allow my thought to go as far as it can and really understanding that like, hey, Cassie, overthinking is a part of your lifestyle. If you can embrace it and you can see the beauty of it. So through my overthinking, when I sit on teams, people always tell me that I catch stuff that most people wouldn't catch. 
And so for the longest, I'll be like, I need to calm down, stop overthinking. But it's like, actually, no, this is a good thing that you have. So really understanding that, like, you know, um, self-care for your mind. What, well, how are you how are you taking care of your mental health? Um, people think often of self-care as bubbles bath, bubble baths, candles, and just anything relaxation. That's what people think self-care is. And for some people, that's what it is. Um, but for me, it's um, I really more so focus on the mental and the emotional aspect. So even when my emotions are running high, self-care in that aspect is really me taking the time to let my emotions show up freely and then just saying, okay, how can I soothe these emotions or how can I not wallow in my pain, but give myself enough time to process a painful experience. And so, or even like fitness, some people have fitness goals. So it's kind of like caring for yourself when it comes to fitness and nutrition and health. People overlook that one. Like it's nobody's business. Like if the doctor is not telling you your blood sugar is high, you have diabetes, people are like, eh, it doesn't matter. But it's like, no, there's so many different components to you that requires so many different levels of self-care. And then even the self-care of setting boundaries with family and friends, uh, you know, people don't set boundaries until something happens to them. And so for me, I actually, as I go on my journey of understanding myself, um, before something happens, I really try to figure out who I am. And then I'll tell my friends and family, like, how I need them to show up in my space for me to operate as the best Cassie as I can be. Yes, I'm here for it. Love it and respect it. Um, what are some of the benefits of self-care? Yeah, so some of the benefits of the things that I have done as I practice self-care, I have literally seen, you know, um, case in point, I'll, I'll give this example. Um, my mom, my mom is a very loud person. And when she's mad at you, she yells and it makes you feel like really bad, <laughs> like crap. And so one of the things that I, like, after going through therapy with my therapist, I had told her, I was like, hey, you know what, mom? I don't mind when you are mad at me or when you're disappointed in me because I don't want to take that emotion away from her. But I told her, I was like, but when you yell at me, you make me feel small and I don't even hear what you're saying because the emotion is blocking. So I literally was like, can you please... Can we work something out to where you can still feel like you're mad, but you just not yell? And she was like, I didn't know I was making you feel that way when I was like, yeah, like it really makes me feel really bad. And this was in like maybe 2015, 2016. She hasn't yelled at me since. And so like my my siblings would be like, you never yell at Cassie. And my mom like, it's because she knows better. Well, like I say at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, it's because, you know, we have had that conversation. I, with my, my therapist, was really trying to learn how to like show up for myself better. And one of the ways was really confronting my mom. And it's scary because like, you know, if you're seven years old and you're telling your parents, don't talk to them like that, they're like, what you talking about? So even though I was a grown woman already, I don't know, maybe I was like 21, 20. It was still scary telling my mom like, hey mom, can you um like not yell at me, please? Like, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to make, I don't want to trigger her right in there and make her mad, you know? So just kind of like setting those 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 practices and those boundaries of really being like, you know what, I am gonna, I'm gonna start telling people how to show up in my space. I'm gonna do it as respectful as possible because I feel like it's never what you say, it's always how you say it. Um, but I'm gonna do it so so you can know. And then after that, if you can't make the adjustment or the change, well then you can't have a front row seat in my life because that's what I need you to do. And and vice versa. I always ask my friends like how do, how can I best show up for you? Because this is not, I don't want it to be a, a one-sided relationship. Like we're both learning and growing and both of our mental and emotional health is important. So we both, you know, should be willing to make those compromises 
for each person to thrive in a healthy way. Absolutely. That is so amazing that you were able to have a conversation with your mom and tell her, hey, this is what works best for me. Um, I definitely think uh, that in itself is probably maybe not the easiest conversation, but sometimes it has to be had. Um, Is self-care difficult to practice? So my clients, when they come to me, all of them are like, I don't know what to do. And they come to me, they always come to me thinking that self-care is like, this big old like shift in like this big old transaction because it does sound like, okay, I need to do this. Like, it sounds like you have to make some grand gestures to start practicing self-care. But I think that it sounds like that because society has made it sound like that. Like, okay, you need to start mapping out time for yourself, dates, crunch it, move it, move it people. And that is stressful. That is so like how I'm gonna practice self-care if I'm already giving myself deadlines and rules and and stuff like that. So I always tell people like um, <clears throat> when, when, when you start off practicing self-care, I'm like, first thing you should do is download my little self-care reflection journal freebie <laughs> on my website. But no, it, it allows them to ask them themselves questions of like how they love themselves. So they can really get a sense of like, oh, schnapps, I am lacking in this area. I am not doing, you know what I mean? But aside from that, I always want, I always let them know you're not going to learn self-care overnight. And if you feel like you have a ball in, in the middle of your throat or you're scared or you feel like you're not enough, that's normal. Like I normalize their feelings because they think that like, oh no, they're the only ones who feel that way. And I'm like, no, that's literally like, if you're feeling nervous about practicing self-care, like that's the first step because you're cognizant, you're aware, you're like, okay, there's this change that needs to happen in my life. I'm nervous, but I know I want this change. How does it happen? You're curious. But I also tell them at the same time too, this, whatever this grand gesture is that you have in your mind, throw it away. Because you've already, you've already started your self-care journey the moment you called me. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, yeah, you're practicing self-care because you're reaching out for the state of your mental and emotional health. Like that alone. And they were like, oh, and I'm like, and you see how that wasn't even big, was it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, exactly. Because self-care is not grand gestures. Self-care is literally literally little things that you do every day that you enjoy, that you start to embrace, that you start to love. It doesn't have to be some trip to Cancun. It doesn't have to be some trip to Jamaica. It's literally those small things that say, hey, you know what? I showed up for myself today. I turned my phone off. No one could come talk to me. I didn't plan it. It just happened. I just woke up today and I was like, you know what? I think I want to turn my phone off because I don't want to be bothered. And I didn't feel guilty about it. That is self-care. So those little things, I try to take them and I break them down with my audience and my clients. And they always come back and they're like, oh, wow, I feel more confident. I feel better. I, I told someone no today. And I thought I could never tell someone. I was like, what? That's one of the, my favorite things. What my clients do is when they set boundaries, I love helping them set boundaries because we as humans, we don't know how to set boundaries because we're not taught that in K through 12. And people are not going to teach you how to set boundaries because it doesn't benefit them. And so when you finally set your boundary, you're, you're typically nervous at first because you're like, oh, we're taught that setting boundaries is disrespectful. But once you get a hold of saying no to people, oh my gosh, this door of freedom that it unlocks, people are always like, oh, I want to say no to everything now. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, hold on there. Don't just go around saying, I know you this many years of saying no, but really taking the time to see like, what you truly should say yes to and say no to and learning how to say no without feeling bad. Like 
your your mind doesn't want to your body doesn't want to why force yourself to do something that you know you don't want to do it's crazy Wow, I am so guilty of saying, you know, yes all the time, but I'm definitely working on saying no because I know that that will benefit me in some way and capacity. Um, Would you say that self-care is also about self-acceptance? Yeah, I'll definitely say self-care and self-acceptance and self-confidence. I truly believe the three are intertwined for sure. Because I feel like you can't care for yourself if you don't accept yourself. So, and you won't have confidence if you don't accept yourself. Because if you don't accept yourself, you're not believing in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, you're going to be like, oh, I can't. Where's the confidence? Confident people don't say that they can't do things. Confident people still try, you know? And then self-care, you can't show yourself love if you're beating yourself up. You're not caring for yourself. You're you're self-sabotaging. So I think they're all intertwined of like really understanding like, hey, you know what? Um, I have this insecurity. When it pops up, how can I love on it? Is it an affirmation that I need to repeat to myself? Do I need to go look for receipts? Because sometimes that's what I tell my clients. Like, okay, look for the receipts for this thought that you have. And they're like, I can't find any. And I'm like, okay, so this thought, so it's a lie. It's not a fact because you you don't have any, you don't have any facts to back up this thought process or this statement or this fear or this doubt. You don't have anything to back it up. And so realizing that they're like, oh, that's so true. Why, why do I think that? Like, I don't know why I just randomly think that. And it's just because it's like, you got to under, you, you got to learn how to motivate yourself. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. And it's hard because people aren't just teaching this any and everywhere. They're not. So if you're not being taught these core things. I think it's going to be hard when you try to teach yourself or when you learn them. And if no one in your friend group or in your family group cares for it, that's hard. That's hard as well, because it's like none of the people I care about are talking about this, but I know I have this thing. Not everyone can afford to go to therapy. When where I'll be able to process these emotions, who's going to teach me how to love myself better, how to choose me first, how to care for myself. And this is why I created Cassie's Cure. Because I was just like, I'm going to teach y'all. Because for one, this is my passion. This is my interest. But two, it needs to be taught. So we can all stop walking around and self-sabotaging. And it's so funny too, because like I, I, I do a group coaching program for this reason. So everyone can talk. And everyone in the group coaching program is like, you got it. I believe in you. You're going to be okay. And everyone, they're always like, oh my gosh, you all are amazing individuals. I can't believe. It's like, you get to find your community of people who who you get to process and learn without being judged. And we don't have that in our everyday lives, but we need it to really be able to process and sort through our mental and our emotions. Because if not, that's when you start seeing a little bit more depression, a little bit more self-loathing, a little bit more of you beating yourself up, you not truly believing in yourself. And I just feel like I don't know when I'm going to die, but I, I, I could not live 90 years of my life and only believe in myself for the 90 years. Like 90 whole years? You spend 90 years not thinking you're capable of doing something? Like no, no, that's not okay. Like you're going to be with yourself 24 seven. Why not invest in your mental, emotional health and try to find and search for practices that's going to help you learn how to live in your skin more comfortably. So Cassie, we have a question from a listener. I think it's a really great question. And here it is. 
What are some things that I can do to self-care? Um, I think journaling is something that you can definitely do. Um, but further than journaling, self-assessment, you know what I mean? Or making your journal self-assessment. So journaling your emotions out, like, you know, how you're feeling for the day or like journaling, writing out your goals, what's stopping you from accomplishing them? What's your biggest fears? Like, how do you not... Um, why do you feel like you can't do something like writing those things out really helps you get to the root of what the issue is. And once you can get to the root, you can uproot it, you can give it surgery, you can reconstruct it, whatever the case may be. But there's also, I do understand that people don't know how to ask themselves questions. So they're like, well, what questions do I even ask? Like, what's going on here? And so that part, I think that that's where, you know, I recommend that if you don't know how to ask your questions, you follow people who do like case in point, like you reach out to me and I'm like, oh, here's some things that you can ask yourself. Social media has a, a wide range of health and wellness pages, mental and emotional support. Um, one of the pages that I love is called We're Not Really Strangers. Have you ever heard of them? We're Not Really Strangers. They come out with these little card decks of questions. And I love them. I've, I've honestly low-key bought in almost every single deck. But they have some for you to do questions with your friends and families for you to like really process y'all's relationship. They have like a self-love reflection edition. It's like 52 parts. And it's like one question on each card. And it's like a card of the day. And um, like literally this, I can read this card to you. It says, what does self-love mean to me? What does it not mean to me? And it tells you, like, get specific. You know what I mean? Um, another question is, what parts of myself have I felt the need to change in the past that I now embrace? So they literally help you just go and kind of reflect on, like, your journey of self-love. And once you start putting resources and stuff like this in your face, the questions come natural for you. Because there are certain things that I can ask myself or understand. I'll be in the shower doing self-assessment, like, <gasps> oh, wow, that's why I do that. That makes so much sense. Like, you know what I mean? Just randomly in the shower one day and just kind of really understanding, like, when I do certain things now, like, I know why I do them. It makes sense to me. Like, I'm like, ah, I do have a habit of doing that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Like, it's okay. One more thing, Cassie, where can we find you on IG? Cassie's Cure, C-A-S-S-I-E-S. C-U-R-E dot com. That's my Instagram, my Twitter handle, my Facebook as well as facebook.com slash Cassie's Care. Thank you so much, Cassie, for being here. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was it for today's podcast. I truly enjoyed learning with you ways to self-care and incorporate it into our daily lives. I know myself that I did not know much about self-care, but with Cassie's help, it truly did help to understanding self-care and making time for myself to truly recharge and be better for the next day. So this was episode eight, self-care. And don't forget to listen next week on Friday for a new episode. You've been listening to Tales of a Chicana Woman with your host, Emily Z. Follow Tales of a Chicana Woman on Twitter at Tales of a Chicana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you for listening. Join Emily Z again next week on Friday. Friday. This podcast was student produced at the University of Laverne.